you could write a check, if you had the money in your account and you could write a check to make all your problems go away, what would that figure be, do you think, if you could just put it down on one figure and go, mm. yeah, I would give this, I would pay this much money to make this whole problem go away. Wow. My guess is that's a pretty high figure. It's a high number <laughs> most in my mind. Say, most people would go, wow, if I could get rid of this depression thing, man, what would that be worth? That'd be worth probably a lot of money. My guess is probably that check that you would write would be, actually be a greater number than what therapy would actually cost you. Most definitely. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Folks, in today's show, we're going to address three topics of concern when starting counseling. The first is, quite frankly, where to begin. Secondly is money. Can I afford it? Is this worth it? And the third and last harder topic when it comes to counseling is that of quitting. Many people start. Many people also stop midway or partially the way through, and that's unfortunate. We want to address some of those issues. So let's get started. All right, we're back with show number four of Counselors Can Help. I'm here with, by now, I'm sure the internet famous Liza Telford. Of course. Thank associate you. marriage and family therapist in the state of Utah. <laughs> um, we want to get into or start the show with the idea or thoughts about uh, there's a situation that happens to every therapist who's been in this business for any length of time, and that is... Friends, family, people we know call us up out of the blue. And, and it's important for this discussion because people are doing this all over the place. We just, we, just, we get a glimpse of it, I guess, as a friend calls up, says, I've got this son, daughter, whatever, our situation, and we don't know what to do. Right. right? You've, you've received a couple of those phone I calls. I have on the daily <laughs> Wow, you are you see you are famous. I wasn't I wasn't even exaggerating. Nope, just a big Utah family. <laughs> yeah. So this happens and we help people, I guess, walk through that, right? It's, we're, we've got to listen to their story a little bit and try to figure out what what to do from there. So um, you probably get, I guess, a variation of calls there, but how many would you say are just we know exactly what the deal is. We have a problem with our son or daughter or how many are just like, wow, there's a lot going on here and we don't even know where to pull this thing apart. Right. I, I think that is more common to have people say, I'm, is this something therapy can help or is okay. this situation something that by going to therapy, we're even going to touch this right. or am I crazy or are they crazy? Okay. All right. Yeah. So they're scared about how the situation has become and they're reaching out to you mm -hmm. because they're sort of running out of ideas mm -hmm. logically to mm -hmm. march through this thing. And they're like, hmm, well, maybe this therapy thing is, is an idea. Mm -hmm. Hey, I know somebody I'll, I'll give them a call and see Reach what they out. think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I find it flattering and I'm really glad that if, um, especially with family that I can just be a resource of yeah. walking through, being able to say to someone, it's okay. This is how the process works. It's kind of like having a flight plan. Yeah. You know, this is, this is how this works. And yes, that can be helpful. Yeah. Or even as we were talking about before the show, even to wade out what options are. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're not in this business and you've really never been to therapy or counseling and you're, 
it's really kind of a, a black box, I guess, of, right. of what, it, what exactly goes on there, what exactly can we help with. Are we, in fact, in that zone of, does this sound like the right amount of chaos to you that we need? Or you know, we well, that, need that, professional help. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, they're, they're probably fairly sure that they want some help at that point. Um, I guess my thought of bringing up this, this uh, segment is my initial thought was, especially on these ones where it seems like there's a lot going on and they just don't know where to begin. I mean, my advice to those folks is to say, well, start with either yourself or the family member where all this chaos is going on and maybe just have that person set up an appointment to just come in by themselves and just talk it out with someone there and to walk through all those pieces that are there. Uh, and then and then you can get started with, okay, where's the best place to start? I guess, right. what, are your, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on that? I love that. I, when I receive the call, I tend to go with that of who sees this as a problem right now, because I, that's what I do as a family therapist is look at the whole system. And I want to see, is this something you see as a problem for your child? Or is it that your child is, you know, they are seeing it as a problem or is it whether that's an adult child or one that's still in your home? Um, I will often have people say to me, is this normal or does this happen? And, or is this sustainable? What's, you know, how do I deal with this chaos? And my question is always, uh, does it feel sustainable to you? Does this feel like it's going to work itself out? Yeah. If it feels chaotic and crazy, maybe we just talk with that one person. Tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. Let let's weed out what's going on and look at some options and, then we can determine is therapy helpful for this person or for you or for yeah the whole family. So if a, a parent is calling in for their child, say, and they, they don't even know what to do or where to start, it's not wrong for them to come in and say, well, they're going to make the initial appointment with someone and then go, okay, this is what's going on in my life. This is why I see it as a problem. Right. What do you recommend I do with my child? You know, what? Should we both come in? I mean, how, you know, that, well, now I'm there's someone there. I'm just going to tell you right now, Meryl, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> if, it's, if someone's calling me about their child that's still in their home, as a family therapist, they're coming in. Sure. I'm bringing the parent in anyway because yeah. very, from my perspective, a child can only do so much about their situation, yeah. whether it's their own behavior or I want to have the parents to, not for shame or guilt, or but how can we make this better? Yeah. So I would definitely want to have that person that I'm on the phone with. Yeah. And that's a good point because I think people think probably initially, well, my 10 year old or my 13 year old is having the, the, you know, the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to send them in and and they're going to help them, whatever. Well, what you're really signing on to is you're coming in too. I mean, there's a, there's a better than 90% chance that you and they are going to be in the room together working on whatever it is issue that you see as the problem. Right. Or see the child for a little while. And then I will always invite the parents in for what I call is just a Mm check-in start with the family, then do a few sessions with the child alone and then have the parents come in maybe part session with the child and then part session without the child with just the adult so that they understand how to manage the situation or the emotion coming in from the child about what they're dealing yeah. with. It's a it's a 
takes a group effort, I guess. And with the same idea being, what if it's a couple? There, there's not, you know, kids involved. And maybe, I think we've talked about couples before, the idea of sometimes there's one person who's kind of made to be there. The other person is a little more enthusiastic. Maybe it's not even two people that are there initially. Maybe there is literally just one person who thinks this is a good idea mm-hmm. or isn't sure or doesn't know what to do or doesn't know or they even having a bad idea that this is even needed. I mean, they just don't, they're just not sure. Not sure what to do. So it's certainly okay for that person to come in by themselves to start out the process to go, what What do you think? What do you? Absolutely. I find with couples, I do a lot of couples work and I find that even if one person comes in who's the more motivated party, if they can take home some things and, mm-hmm. and that the other person can see that some relief has been given, some some insight, yeah. something that they are more inclined to join them yeah. the next time and think that, oh, that's not all about me. I'm not just going to be shamed or I'm not yeah. going to be blamed for everything that we can introduce a third party and just get some insight, yeah. get some perspective. So they're getting a little bit of a look at it from a distance sort of, and it's okay for to start out with, even though in your mind you may be thinking couples is what I need, but right now maybe that person isn't here or I just don't know where to start or I'm maybe I'm going to need some help convincing, convincing. the other person <laughs> that this is a good idea. And so that that's a, a legitimate thing to be talking about in a session by yourself, even though it mm-hmm. sounds kind of weird or a little bit uh, discombobulated about, well, I'm doing couples. Why am I here by myself? This already sounds bad. That's that's not a bad place to be, I guess. Is to... No, I think that's, again, from the perspective of family therapy, I'm always doing therapy with more than one, even if it's only one body physically here. Mm-hmm. We are working towards shifting or changing a system, changing what's happening in in their world. So you can do that alone. You can do that with two people. You can do that with a whole family. So whoever is motivated, I would say if you've made the call, go in, make an appointment, get some options, get some resources, understand that that's what therapy, even have an understanding of what therapy is, is just helping sort out options. Yeah. Someone can listen to all what's going on and then go, Hey, from what you've told me, this is a good place to start and right. then we'll, we'll kind of take it from there and we'll, we'll grow it mm-hmm. um, as we can. Okay. So the, the answer, the, I guess what I'd like people to be left with is they don't have to have that all figured out or have to feel like they've got how all this therapy would work. If, if you feel like this is the situation is unsustainable and you seem like the only party currently motivated to make change mm-hmm. happen, it's okay for you alone to come in and and share that with, great. with someone. Yeah, absolutely. Share what's going on and even just gain insight for yourself. Yeah. Who knows? You might be the one that benefits the most <laughs> yeah. from therapy. Yeah, maybe you're the one who needs It's usually <laughs> a call of asking <laughs> yeah. for a friend, asking yeah. for a child, asking for a neighbor, okay. asking for a spouse. Yeah. But and that's not to to put blame on the person calling, but sure. usually if you're the most motivated, you, you, the person that's most motivated to change will be a huge benefit. Yeah. Will benefit the most. Yeah. 
when one person changes their behavior, introduces something new that can actually change the dynamic pretty quickly. Of the whole system. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's, that, I guess, addresses the idea of how to start or where to start. Um, I'd like to move on to the, the next topic of the show, which is that of, of money. Um, we deal with this, I guess, in some ways, not so much. It really just depends on, well, I guess, where you work. Um, are you in private practice, et cetera? But if someone's thinking about therapy, there may or may not be that much of a highlight of, of a money discussion, right? I mean, some people have high disposable income um, or they have really good insurance. Some, I think some people forget or don't know that health insurance covers covers mental health, health often therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so many times your copay will be pretty similar to what you would pay at your doctor's office. So it's not a, not a massive hemorrhage of cash really. Um, but things do come up with money in therapy. Uh, people do lose their jobs. People do lose their insurance. Um, you know, the unexpected, whatever happens. And now that $40 copay, which seemed like no big deal, is now kind of turning out to a, be a big deal. Feels like a big deal. Yeah. What to do in that in that situation? So, um, what what do you recommend? I guess as a starting place for people who are worried about money. Let's say they're already in therapy, and they're worried about the money of Do I have enough? Can I afford this? What do you, what, what would you have them do? I guess in that case, That's is there someone question. they can talk to about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what you said about and even having an understanding of what the options are to pay for therapy can be definitely something. I try to talk about that at the initial initial assessment, the very first session of um, how does this get paid for? Because I think a lot of times, myself included, I don't understand how my own health insurance works okay. until I need it. Yeah. And you've paid into something and, and a high deductible, it, you know, is in play for a lot of people. And so um, you can pay for sessions through an HSA card, a health savings card, which is still using money set aside for health. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't equate that using it for a mental health session would be the same as using it for a copay at a doctor. And it is. Yeah. You can use that. Um, just having an understanding of does my insurance cover it? And if not, what are the other resources that I have? So people um, will use private pay. They may use clergy pay or a church pay affiliate. Explain what that is. We do that a lot here in, in Utah. In Utah, um, oftentimes congregations or if you are attending a congregation specifically um, in Utah, if you are attending an LDS church, then your bishop has access to funds that are set aside for families, for needs of families in a congregation. So mental health fits squarely in that category. So the LDS church does this pretty formally and regularly, but it it doesn't mean they're the only one. There may be other organizations. It's, It's actually called clergy pay. Which yeah. means oftentimes funds are set aside in a congregation to pay for things that are resources for families. Mm-hmm. So uh, that can be across the board um, clergy pay if you're affiliated with a church. Yeah. So there's there are places to go there to to help out. Um, 
or it could be something simple like, I guess, family members, things like that, that right. could maybe jump in to, and these are cases when we're talking about an organization like this paying, there's some sort of cash rate of what they're paying. Um, the bottom line is, um, I think that's another, another thing your counselor therapist can help with is just like to cut through, like you're saying, what does this all mean? What what does this mean? What is it going to cost me? Is it worth it? Is a question that you often hear, which only that person can determine. But I think having an understanding of different ways that not just, oh, I, I cannot afford therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let that be a deterrent for not doing therapy because very often the clinician themselves has a self-pay rate that if you are paying on your own that you can negotiate a... Um, a rate that works with your budget. Yeah. There, there are options to pay um, that you can sort that through. And the only way you can sort through that is if you say something. If you like, talk about don't, it. Don't keep that a secret because <laughs> if that's going to stop you from making the next appointment or showing up at the next appointment, uh, it, it, gets, it can all become a tangled mess, I guess, pretty quickly. Um, sometimes there are charges for not showing up to your appointment, et cetera. And then that makes the thing sort of get get worse. So... Uh, again, this is one of these ideas of sharing it with the person that you're with to, to talk through. Um, oftentimes I will say, well, let's, we don't have to meet weekly. We can, we can spread this thing out. We, I mean, there's, there's ways to, to be flexible here, um, and try to figure out how to, I guess, have it minimize the impact on your budget. The other thing that I, I think I asked somebody recently and, and cause they were, trying to figure out if they wanted to come in for a couple's thing. And, and I, I blurted out, I'm not sure this is the right way, but I said, well, how much does a divorce cost? Mm-hmm. Um, trying to, if that they were trying to decide if they should yeah, come it was, in. It was getting, you know, I was seeing the person individually and, mm-hmm. and, but they were obvious that they were having trouble with their spouse and you know, what, what do you do? Is this yet another thing we're paying for therapy? And I'm like, yeah, this is, this all can get kind of pricey, but, try to, I guess, keep perspective on what you're, what you're doing here. Um, if it's for your child, what, what's their income going to be limited to if they're having all these problems and they, and they, you want to see them go to college or you want to see them have a good, but that's, but, but they're obviously not going in that direction. Um, another way I've said it before is, or maybe it's just you individually, if you could write a check, if you had the money in your account and you could write a check to make all your problems go away, what would that figure be? Do you think if you could just put it down on one figure and go, Mm. yeah, I would give this, I would pay this much money to make this whole problem go away. Wow. My guess is that's a pretty high figure. It's a high number. (laughs) Most people would say, most people would go, wow, if I could get rid of this depression thing, man, what would that be worth? That'd be worth probably a lot of money. My guess is, probably that check that you would write would be actually be a greater number than what therapy would actually cost you. Most definitely. That, that, that the, the weekly or bi-week monthly or however you do it in the end, yes, would be a financial cost, but it's probably less expensive than things going poorly in your marriage or mm-hmm. poorly for your, your mm-hmm. kids, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, there's, I guess, perspective to try to keep in there. So, um, the bottom line is talk about it, you know. I like what you said about bringing it up with the clinician. I also think the clinician needs to take responsibility for presenting that in a first session. 
I know you talk about it and I, I think that's good practice yeah. that you will find with most clinicians of talking about what does the money side of this look like? Yeah. Because it isn't a normal doctor visit where you know what to expect out of that. And so especially where we were talking earlier about friends and family, I if someone's calling you out of the blue, I would want to explain that right up front. And usually people will ask that. Yeah. Like, how much how does this does cost? This, how does this work payment-wise? Yeah. How would we pay for that? Yeah. And so it's just another one of those things of, and maybe you don't have those answers or maybe know how you would pay for it. It's okay to bring that up on the first session and just say, these are all the unknowns I'm bringing. Can you help me? Can you help me? <laughs> Do you have, how does this work exactly? Um, so yeah, a, a good, a good rule of thumb in this case is just, you know, there's no bad question, especially when it comes to money. We're not insurance experts generally, um, but we can certainly get you pretty close to what the answer is going to be, I would say, in general, right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I work with an excellent biller. I know you do as well, that there's oh, there's someone that has the answer. Yeah, we, can, we may pretty not have quickly. the answer in session, but we can, within a week, probably yeah. have absolutely. something squared away as to how this is supposed to go or what your options would be. Okay, I hope you're enjoying the show. We want to take a little break and remind you to go to counselorscanhelp.com. That's a great resource to just get to know us on the show, myself, Liza, or any other guests that we have. The second way you can use the website is as an information source. When we talk about things on the show, we can put those on the website for you to allow access to them. You can also download the show directly from the website. The third way to use the website is to use it as a resource to find help, to get the counselor or therapist in your area that can help you or a loved one. And we really hope you do that. That is essentially the heart of this show. Now on with the rest of this podcast, we're gonna discuss something that is very important and tends to happen a lot in therapy and that's quitting. And we want to address that. And here's an outtake where Liza notices a moment of brilliance on my part. Um, they're making excuses about not coming or, you know, now we're in our third or fourth reschedule. Something's going on. Something's going on. <laughs> that was a good cue, Meryl. Right. There's, there's third a... or fourth reschedule means <laughs> I don't want to be there. Okay. The next thing, which is, uh, I guess, somewhat tied to that, um, this this subject can get a little a little dark, I would say. And that's this idea of quitting people. And I don't know what the, I should have looked this up before this, before sitting down to record, but there's a pretty large number of people that quit therapy early, a percentage of folks. Mm -hmm. I think, gosh, it's like 20 to 30, 40%, something like that. I mean, it's a, I think it's a pretty big number. It's, would you agree? I, I mean, would agree with that. I, I don't have the percentage, but it's significant. We deal with it. It's, it's not something that you go, oh, God, I've never had a person quit or not show up. I mean, it's a, it's a reality, right, it's in this business. Um, and so I want to talk about there's a very good chance, if the numbers are that high for people that actually do come through with not showing up or quitting or et cetera, many are thinking about it. Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, it could be something like the money discussion we've just had of like, is this too expensive? I don't know if I can afford this. Maybe I should just stop because I can't, you know, afford it kind of mm -hmm. thing. So that, that could be one way of getting you to stop. Uh, and my, and my, I guess why I bring this segment up is again, yet it's one of those things that 
don't feel like you got to hold this in. Like this is a, this is a biggie. I think that you got to bring to session, right? I mean, you'd rather have someone say, gosh, I just don't know whether I want to keep going or not, or this is really difficult. Right. And being honest with your feelings about that, sitting one-on-one with somebody can be difficult. I try to make that fairly open for clients at the initial outset of therapy of, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And there are a lot of counselors out there. And it's really important that you have made a huge step for coming in, for actually saying, I'd like help with this. So I always encourage people to go to a couple sessions with a therapist Mm -hmm. because one hour is a, is a fact finding session of where are we at and, um, what's going on? What have we tried? What are our therapeutic goals? It's a more, it's a little more, um, broad, but getting into actual helpful solutions, processes, takes more than one session yeah or it may be something like i don't know i'd like to just walk through a couple of scenarios here one scenario may be well i think we've talked before about maybe i don't fit or seem to jive with the therapist that i'm with i mean you know, i think we've talked about that in the last uh show there's ways to solve that again bring that up we can we can work through that not a problem uh but I think many times there's a lot of just other factors that come in that we as the therapist really have no idea right. are, are going on right. until the person doesn't show up or all of a sudden what we thought was a, was a session or a number of sessions which we thought they were making pretty good progress. They, they seem to have come with a different attitude or there's just something as something has changed. Um, they're making excuses about not coming or, you know, now we're in our third or fourth reschedule. Something's going on. Something's going on. <laughs> that was a good cue, Meryl. Right. This, third a... or fourth reschedule means <laughs> I don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that could be many, any number of things. Um, one I'm thinking of is they just don't want to come. They just Maybe they think it was a bad decision or maybe they thought, well, gosh, this is going to be easy. And it just turns out to be like way more difficult than they imagined. Yeah. I think therapy is work for people emotionally. And sometimes um, we sit in really difficult emotions that Mm -hmm. we've made a really solid effort at blocking out or not working through or um, just not it's it's challenging it's hard therapy is work yeah and it can be kind of frightening perhaps mm-hmm. um, oh maybe I thought I didn't have to think about that or talking about that it seems way worse than you know i didn't expect that reaction mm-hmm. uh, so that comes up with brings up things we hadn't thought about yeah yeah it's like ooh, oh i don't want to deal with that or maybe someone has an addiction mm-hmm. and they think oh they're gonna make me quit this. fill in the blank mm-hmm. they're gonna make me stop mm-hmm. uh drinking whatever it is when 
that's not necessarily the case. I mean, it may get, I mean, maybe that, maybe down the road, maybe that is the the right answer and that's something you'd want to discuss. But again, if you're, if you're having addiction issues, you probably already know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But I mean, that's definitely, again, something you got to talk about with your, with the therapist and go, I don't know if I can stop drinking Mm -hmm. right now or, you know, what, what does that mean for me? What, what should I do or, Mm -hmm. or, can I just go on about my, you know, I mean, there's, that's, I think a very large thing that I think people who have addictions are super hypersensitive to coming into a place and feeling like they're going to be told, no, mm-hmm. you have to stop right yeah, now you're and, wrong. Mm-hmm. and this is how we're going to do it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that definitely plays a role in some folks who quit therapy is there's an addiction involved somehow and they just they just don't know what to do with that yet Mm -hmm. i mean i've had people tell me i smoke marijuana daily and i'm not quitting Mm -hmm. and 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 that's not a you're not making me (laughs) and you are correct yeah it's like i will not be making you and that generates a discussion on well what does that do for you let's let's you Mm -hmm. know let's just talk about what how that impacts your life we don't have to deal with that right now there's probably other things to work on um, we don't have to say that's no, that's illegal mm-hmm. to come in here and have an addiction and we don't like get into that like mm-hmm. right out the chute. I mean, that's not something that we have to do. So uh, that can certainly be on people's mind. Um, I don't know what other, maybe it's just, uh, I think I've seen this a few times where I think a client perhaps has an idea that it's just going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um EMDR, which is a therapy that uh, you do as mm-hmm. well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this this has happened more than once. People will come in and they'll go, I need that ERMD stuff. I mean, they don't, they, they can't, they don't pronounce the thing right. They've heard from a friend of a friend that it's like this magic thing that they're going to be able to do in four sessions. They're going to be out of here and, you know, poof, mm-hmm. all the, all the pain is gone. All the pain is gone. And it's going to be wonderful. And when, when I personally sort of give them the bad news that <laughs> that's not how this works necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, yes, your friend may have had a great thing, but you know, we want to deal with your stuff. And they, then they maybe realize at that moment, Ooh, this is going to be more than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I do with that? Is this the right person for me now? I mean, mm-hmm. there could be things like that too. So, um, uh, I just wonder how often, and, and he, this is the, the thing, I guess, for therapists that I, that I want people to understand is we're trying to get to those answers, right? We want you to have the answers. And when you quit or have a run into a big wall like that, where we don't even know what the wall is, we can't help. Right. We're, we're totally left in the dark. And what, what is the first thought that you think of when someone doesn't show up? Oh, or, you would ask me. <laughs> or starts rescheduling a bunch of times. What do, you, what do you think? What's your first thought most likely as a therapist? It's hard not to be self-reflective. <clears throat> yeah, we go into self-blame me. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Or that's something. I, I really, I try to right-size that pretty quickly of when someone's ready to change, when someone's wanting help they're willing to do the work I think that's 
that's been my experience. I think people quit prematurely, um, partly due to that pain that may have been brought up mm. or um, maybe they're just not ready yeah. to deal with that, to deal with what really needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Or maybe they got upset at the therapist and that's bringing up feelings and it's like, yeah, this is, we're going to, ideally we would learn to work through that mm -hmm. negative yeah. energy with yeah. a person who's, who knows how to do that. That would be, this would be a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. But, but in that moment they see that as this is yet another person who's disappointed me or, mm -hmm. you know, probably believes this negative thing about me and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, again, it's, it's just a, an emphasis on work that out with the person you're seeing. And, and, and it's okay if you say to us, I'm going to have to take a break on this for a little bit, mm -hmm. or can we spread this out or, you know, uh, something, can you help me work through this? Right. Or mm -hmm. maybe I'm just going to have to stop for right now. Oh, if only, <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing if we could all be that honest with ourselves? Yeah. But, but I mean, we would, we would, we would rather hear that, right? right. We'd rather hear, Hey, I've got to stop. Can we do that? We would rather have that than you just disappear. Than someone just disappearing. Not sure. show up, not answering text messages. Because again, what I do, especially with some clients, um, they come in with suicide thoughts. I start worrying immediately. Are they okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea. Um, I'm not going to try to get a hold of them to chew them out. No, I want to make sure help. they're okay. I literally will then take a deep breath when I get that text message or whatever. And I go, okay, they're mm -hmm. okay. They, mm -hmm. they just, they just probably need to stop or, you know, what have you They're Take a pause. They're not in trouble. I don't have to worry about what's happening to them right mm -hmm. this moment. They're just making a decision that this is not right for them at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's a way different idea or thought process as a therapist than I don't know what's happened to this person. Right. Are they even, where are they? I have no idea. That's scary. That is scary. That, yeah, I've had that happen as well. And I think it is, it, it would be ideal if there would be enough open communication yeah. and enough, uh, and just genuine concern in the process that, you know, that a client would feel comfortable saying, I don't, I don't want to keep doing this and then <laughs> yeah. being able to work through whatever the, this is. Yeah. This is, this is too much for me right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to have to stop or I didn't think therapy would be like this. I thought it was, I had something else in my mind mm -hmm. totally. And this is not what I'm ready for mm -hmm. right now or what you're telling me seems harder than I thought it would, it would be. And I'm just not sure if I can do that. Mm -hmm. You're giving me a lot to think about. Why, why <laughs> do people quit <clears throat> therapy? Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in I, and again, this is something that we try to anticipate or I try to anticipate, but it's, it's so hard because I think each person does send off signals that they are thinking about it. And it's sometimes really subtle <laughs> <laughs> and I think the signs were there but I probably didn't see them mm -hmm. or I maybe felt it in the room and I just should have just said are you thinking about 
quitting. Are you thinking about that? Does something specific come to mind for you? Or do you think of, not to put you on the spot, I'm just thinking maybe a example yeah i of that well i have a i mean the, the the i think the most clear example that i can think of is um i had a person come in and they were suffering with again they had some addiction things going on and there was a lot of pieces and but they had said hey we really want i really want to change you know it's like i'm ready i need to get out of this cycle that i'm in and and in the first, I think I, we had done two sessions, maybe a third, and I was really worried about them. I mean, they, they were thinking, you know, self-harm stuff, and there was a lot going on. And I think it was the second or third session where the person said, gosh, because we had gone, I'd gone over like, well, what could your life be? You know, like, like where would we make some changes? What, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, just so we hadn't really done anything in the way of making it happen. It was mm-hmm. just like, how would this look? Mm-hmm. And I can remember the person said, she goes, that, what you just said is frightening to me. What would my my life look like without this problem? Correct. Mm -hmm. That, that, that light, her light being different was actually quite upsetting to her. Imagining Mm -hmm. doing that. And and I don't know what that meant exactly. And then for me, that would have been, or should have been where I just stopped right there and go, Okay are you thinking that this is more than you can handle, you know, because, because she did at some point, it was either then or the, the next session where um, she called it quits at back. that point, because mm-hmm. I think, I think she got overwhelmed with what that looked like, what that was going to look like, what her life would look like. Could she even do it? I think there was a lot of self doubt, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff coming in. And I, I was just, you know, bound to term and <laughs> we will change. This. I was going to help her because she needed to help, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, at that time in my, uh, counseling experience level, I don't think my, I don't think I picked up on that stuff mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I do a better job of it now, but I, th- I think that's a, that's something that we all, I guess, work on to try to refine when to stop and just mm-hmm. go what's the big picture here? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about quitting? Is this working for you? Am I helping at all? Mm-hmm. Um, those are all very good questions that I think sometimes we skip over or they're afraid to ask and say, this isn't helping or this isn't working or I'm overwhelmed. I mean, if you're overwhelmed, it's kind of hard to ask for help, right? Right. I find myself, um, and maybe that's my way of avoiding this quitting scenario, but I will often ask clients at the end of a session, what did you hear today or what stood out to you? And I think that would be a great time for those kind of conversations of, um, I heard that what you're asking me is way too hard to do or just some signal of I'm not with you or sometimes what they've explained to me back of what they think they've heard today or what they felt is nowhere near what I thought. And we can kind of measure Oh, that went totally differently (laughs) than I thought. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. It's like what they heard isn't what you were telling them. They got the message got lost in there some way. And, and what they're left with is maybe the idea of I've heard this before. This never, Mm -hmm. this doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Or that 
they're not ready. Like you said, they're, you know, that's that what you're proposing is scary for me. And so I would want to then walk through the scary and say, let's, let's talk about why that's scary. Yeah. Let's do it right here in the room instead of you contemplating it out there and counseling. Yeah. Or we just slow it down. Mm-hmm. We, we have a throttle control here. We, we don't mm-hmm. have to go headlong into, we got to fix this by the end of the month I, kind of by mentality. By three sessions or, <laughs> yeah. or else. Yeah. We can, we can slow this way down. And in fact, sometimes you wind up actually doing it faster. But again, that's a clinician, I guess, experience level trying to figure out how to, how to do that. So the, but the, so the message I'm, I guess I'm ultimately trying to communicate is there's a lot of hard stuff going on inside of, of therapy in those rooms and you may take a lot of hard stuff home with you at night. It's okay to bring that stuff with you in session and go, I'm scared about what my life would look like if I was not smoking marijuana. I'm scared mm-hmm. of what my life would look like if I could do it uh, with this or that gone or, you know, a different way of being. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Those can be kind of frightening uh, subject matters. And the best way we can help is to know. And right. we really won't judge the thought, right? We, no. we would love to know. Give us the answers to the test. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> Tell us, please. I, that's why I'm like, hmm, I, I, if we could have that kind of honesty and transparency, that would be huge. Yeah, yeah. And that's a two-way street. Sure. And that's, and that's the, the other message, I guess, I would put across to, to people is if you're thinking about quitting, that's okay. It's okay to admit that we're not personally insulted. I, I wonder if, if clients think that there is some of that going on too, that we'll, we will be either personally insulted or, or there's some reason that we, we need them to come. Mm. They have to be there because that's, that's the rule. They'll disappoint or, us or the, they'll, is that what you mean? Say that again. That, that they will disappoint um, or could be, or, could be that, or just mm-hmm. feel like they're being made to come and that we're part of that whole structure that's making them come and we're getting some benefit from, from that. Mm-hmm. And when in fact, that's not the case, we really would rather them just be honest and say, okay, given what you're up against, this is how I can help you best. Right. Maybe, maybe we do knock it off for a couple of months or whatever. And mm-hmm. you can, you can call me back then or maybe take a, you know, whatever I can, I can help you best. If I just know, I know what you're thinking, I'm not personally insulted by your, your fears. They're okay. I'd rather that. hear them. Okay. Um, anything else you would, you would throw out on, on the topic of, of quitting? No. I think I think we hammered that out <laughs> pretty long and lengthy. Yeah. That people might are ready be a to, little long. People are ready to quit this podcast. <laughs> that uh, might be the case. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the hosts are dull and long-winded. Uh, You're okay. going to cut that out. <laughs> Maybe not. No. Uh, anyway, well, uh, I think that's a good discussion on some just three, I guess, sort of typical areas where people kind of get tripped up uh, with the idea of this is overwhelming. I don't know where to start. Um, I don't know if I can afford this. Mm-hmm. And then once they get into the process, I, I don't know if I can handle it or, or what to do here or how to, how to handle any numerous situations that mm-hmm. come up in, in, in this, in the room. Um, what, what am I allowed to say or admit, mm-hmm. I guess? Um, and we'd rather 
we'd rather that you admit everything. Admit it all. <laughs> all very important, though, honestly. I think all of those are really great things to unravel. But that's... Uh, Perfect. We don't need any more of me than necessary. I'm totally guessing with this machine. So. <clears throat> okay. All right. Here we go. Um, all right. Let me remind myself. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. Views expressed on the show are those of myself, my guests, for the benefit of mental health discussion and are not the views of any outside organization. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.